Welcome to the DNA Podcast, your go-to source for nerd knowledge. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and join with me today is two gentlemen from the Blood Bowl community, because that's going to be our subject tonight. Uh, I am luckily to have... Well, we'll screw that. Take that part off. I have on the show tonight, uh, James Luff and Ben Campshore. Did I say that right? I, I yeah. want to make sure I got that. <laughs> um, gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show tonight uh, and talking about something that I think you guys are a little bit passionate about. Uh, you know, you guys do some really cool things with it. Uh, you guys do some charity stuff that we're going to get into. And uh, you might seem to be the, the go-to guys for this subject. Just a little bit, you think? that's fair um so but before we get into it uh you know let's kind of introduce yourselves uh we'll we'll go ahead and start with james james tell us a little bit about yourself uh huge nerd um if it's not blood bowl it's uh you know science fiction fantasy um you know i started getting into all this stuff with dungeons and dragons back in junior high school and uh you know role-playing games and then eventually got into the card games and somewhere along the way, I picked up Blood Bowl. Um, it's one of those miniature games where if you don't want to spend a bazillion dollars or a bazillion hours like Warhammer 40K or something, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that if that's that's your jam. But uh, Blood Bowl, uh, and ironically, I, I'm not even a big football fan, but yet I love Blood Bowl. It's just a, a pretty, it's a beer and pretzels game. It's a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. Um, you know, two, three hours, you play a game and it's a good time. And uh, you know, we managed to build a really good community around it here in Florida, uh, Florida Blood Bowl. And Ben is part of that community. Yeah, uh, you guys uh, definitely have some really cool things. Um, I, like I said, I know you guys do the, the charities all the time. And I was actually, that's how we got into communications is because I saw the charity pop up. Uh, I was a part of that Blood Bowl community, saw that charity and decided to give, and that was for the, uh, the young child uh, Wolfgang, right? Yes. Yeah, the Blood Bowl community um, was celebrating its 10th anniversary, which, man, that uh, makes me feel really old. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some of the admins, I'm, I'm one of the admins on that Facebook group, and we were just kind of kicking around some ideas because everybody loves dice. Mm. We're all dice whores, if I can say that, if not edit it out. No, not even a little bit. No, like, no, no, not that. <laughs> like, no, we're not. We totally don't hoard dice. No. I have no idea what you're talking about. Not at all. <laughs> so we were kicking around the idea of doing some uh, some dice. Like, hey, let's let's uh, celebrate this and do some dice. And I'm like, hey, let's take it one step further and let's see if we could do, you know, support a charity. So we did two waves. The first wave we supported, um, God, what was it? Um, Mind, which is a mental health organization, I think primarily over in the UK. Hmm. And uh, there was another organization that we supported as well. And, you know, it's, it kind of slips my mind. I'm sure it'll come to me. But then the wave two, um, we were looking for something a little bit more personal. And it just kind of all happened at the same time where um, through their Blood Bowl community over in like the Portland, Oregon area, um, one of their guys had mentioned that um, the Brickman family, their newborn Wolfgang needed some medical attention and some long-term medical care. And it just seemed like a perfect fit. Uh, so we reached out and was like, hey, you know, would you mind if we could, um, you know, kind of help raise some money? And uh, I tell you what, the Blood Bowl community really came through. And anytime I've ever been involved, uh, I can honestly say that the generosity and just the um, the people involved in that in the Blood Bowl community is just beyond words. So, yeah, we were able to raise some some money for the Brickman family and, and do some good there. And, yeah, that's how we came to kind of start talking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's awesome to hear. Truly, truly is. And you, you said, going back to you, though, 
uh, you said you're a little bit of a sci-fi nerd, and and we kind of oh, yeah. talked off screen. Uh, Book of Boba. <laughs> uh, I love it. Your, you love it. Good. Yeah, it's a it's it's a very um, boy. It's very divisive, isn't it? Um, it is. It really. So there's there's parts I like, and there's yeah. parts I don't like. Like, and, and I and my my co-host uh, who he usually is on here with me. He he gave me hell because I got uh, you know, I got I got a I didn't like the aesthetics being changed with the shiny chrome powerful go go power ranger like mopeds and everything mm-hmm. like that that kind of like irked me and he gave they me seemed very slow it. didn't they like that that whole car that whole chase scene i was like faster faster so, so faster. cheesy so cheesy like it was just messing like the 1970s like bass like car chase scene music yeah. in the background but yeah <laughs> I mean, um, there's it, nothing's perfect, and uh, you know, I'm look. I look at the whole thing as the big picture, and uh, the the thing that I always ask myself is, uh, hey, would you rather have it or would you rather not have it? Oh, and I would take it, you know, any day of the week. So you know, there are little nitpicks overall, but to expand the lore, to see the character, uh, you know, Favreau and Filoni, they're great. I, I honestly don't think they do any wrong. So I'm enjoying it. And the last episode was great. And um, supposedly, you know, spoiler alert, uh, Mando's supposed to be a, a cameo in the next episode. Oh, I would be shocked if they didn't have him in there. It's getting a new honesty. ship. So it's supposed to be in the next episode, episode five. So let's let's hope. Fingers crossed. And uh, yep. uh, as always, uh, in Filoni, we trust, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but on the other side of the spectrum here, we have Ben. And you're, you know, give us a little bit about yourself. And but before you do that, you are not a sci-fi nerd. You're a supernatural nerd. Yeah, right? and I get into sci-fi stuff, too. I think um, I like... I like the older stuff. Um, but a little bit of my game... I will talk about, you know, my, my favorite things are some like Dune... You know the Cthulhu mythos. Uh, you know some of the uh, high, the old uh, gritty fantasy. Um, you know I love D and D, but I love the you know first and second edition. Whereas you know the third and fifth edition kind of come off a little too shiny and new for me. Uh-oh. So uh oh, shots fired. <laughs> so you're not looking forward to the uh, sixth edition that's coming out then. Or, or I haven't heard about it, but I, I, you know, I, I played fifth edition. So, okay. you know, we can talk a lot about that with games and stuff too. Um, my thing is newer is sometimes better and you have to accept that the newest game is going to uh, get the biggest audience. It's going to be the most well-polished version, hopefully, but you might lose some of the things you like about it. Mm. And you kind of just have to accept that, you know, um, my, my wife and I, I got her to play um, first edition when we first started dating. And when fifth edition came out, She's like, why? Why did we ever play first edition? It's just so needlessly complicated. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to have all the, you know, the, the extra stuff. You, have to, you know, I don't know. It's so it's, it's, it's what we well. So like I got into D&D in 3.5. Um, I got into 40K, uh, probably fourth or fifth edition is when I got in because when did Tyranids first come in? Was that I came in oh, right. So yeah, that was back a while ago, but I played Tyranids too. So it was, yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. So I came in, in the edition right after they came in was when I got into them. So they weren't the horrific models. Well, I, I, okay. I have some of the old school models because I loved how horrifically cheesy they are comparatively how they are now. Oh, but, night and day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the gene stealers were kind of ugly. Uh, my favorite is the Carnifexes. Yeah. How the Hive Tyrant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was so bad but it was awesome it was it was so it was like being horror movie monster bad 
so that i think that's what attracted me to them uh but yeah no those are you know i'm one of those people i get it where you know change is bad sometimes and you don't like change and you fear change because you have grown fond of this nostalgia that is this fandom that you're part of so i get that and i respect that uh but also you know sometimes change is good uh case in point you know looking at even 40k how smoother more streamlined it's gotten in some cases uh but we came here not to talk about 40k we didn't come here to talk about dnd we came here to pick your guys minds about this wonderful and amazing game called blood bowl uh, so before i have you guys get into the history of it i i want to share my little my little nostalgia with it like how i got into it i actually got into it very late in the game um Blood Bowl 2, the video game, is actually what got me into it. Now, I had seen it around, and what, what finally got me was the teaser for it saying fantasy football. Mm-hmm. And I, it made me crack up laughing. I was like, okay, I get it, because it's fantasy football. And I, I, I bit, and I got into it, and then I discovered there was this board game, and it's absolutely phenomenal. It's, it's like playing chess but everybody has a different team and then your team, your chess pieces can upgrade. You're hitting and, on every buzzword because people ask us all the time. They're like, we don't know what blood bowl is. How would you explain it to us? And we're like, well, it's a combination of football chess and like Lord of the Rings. That's usually how I explain it. <laughs> that's, that's a great description. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to, I brought you guys on to talk about it. So I want to get your guys' opinions and, you know, kind of delve us in the history that is blood bowl. Um, who wants to start this off for us? James would probably know a little bit more about this. <laughs> what are you say. insinuating that I'm is, older? Is he, is he the yeah, go-to guy? He's an old he's man this, from the Stone Age. I mean, he and... does have the beard going on that 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 usually like personifies like sage wisdom. I just got My like this. Ego. I just got this. So nasty there's neck so beard. there's the lore. There's there's the in-game yes. lore that you know goes into that. I know a little bit about that, cool. uh, but as far as the history of the game, I don't know. Uh, he can uh, get a little bit more into that if you want. So let's start um, with the, the history of the game, and then we'll go into some of the fun lore. Awesome. Right. So Jervis Johnson created the game for Games Workshop years ago, back in the, I want to say mid to late eighties. Hmm. And it's evolved um, just like any Games Workshop game where we were talking about Warhammer or how fantasy became Age of Sigmar, whatever it is, it just evolved over the years. And, um, you know, it's developed quite the following. Uh, it's not just a game played in England. It's played all over the world, uh, Spain, Australia, um, Canada, the United States, Mexico. Um, and we're seeing that more and more. And it's, it's amazing. Uh, so at its core, it, it's basically, you know, fantasy football, like you said, it's uh, more than just you scoring a touchdown against your opponent. You really want to kill his players. You want to, uh, you know, throw off a, a snotling or a halfling across the pitch with the hopes of landing him scoring a touchdown. Uh, you know, you want to blitz, uh, you know, your opponent and flatten them and kill that player and send them to the red box. It's a, it's a beer and pretzels game. Like I mentioned before, and uh, well, let me let me say this. The game is not balanced. The game is not fair. The game is is uh, <laughs> you, you will see people who are like, there's no skill in Blood Bowl. One of our league guys, his name is uh, his, his nickname is Biscotti. He is a uh, like we have a chat, uh, Florida Blood Bowl chat. It's kind of like a locker room where we literally talk about Blood Bowl all day, all day, every day. So while we're <laughs> we're working, you know, hope, uh, while we're adulting, we talk about everything. 
And, um, you know, he'll, he'll come in there every now and then and be like, yeah, there's no skill in Blood Bowl. It's all luck. And I'm like, shut your mouth. <laughs> um, you know, there's a, a fair amount of skill because obviously you kind of got to know what you're doing with the uh, teams. And there's a, a wide variety of teams. Uh, I, what are they up to now? Like, um, I think 26 or more. Or something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty high. Yeah. 28, I think, right? Because the NAF used Let's to have uh, the, um, uh, the road to 24 where you'd play every team and you get a patch. Then they expanded it to add in Bretonians and corn, which corn uh, is still there, but they changed Bretonians out to Imperial Nobility. Uh, I don't think Slan was part of that. So yeah, there's like 27, 28 teams, give or take. Now, on all these teams, not all of them have actual miniatures that are designed by Games Workshop. They no. have miniatures that are custom made. You custom make them. Uh, so teams? the best way to answer that question is, uh, at a certain point, GW made teams for almost all of them. Mm -hmm. And then they started when Blood Bowl 2016 came out, the revised version, the, the latest version, or I'm sorry, 2020 is the latest version, but 2016, they started relaunching the teams, but not all of them. So they made some of the teams, teams of legend. Okay. Um, so they're like Amazons, Chaos Dwarves, um, Vampires, there's a few other ones, but the beauty of it, and, and I'm going to kind of get into some sidetracks yeah. here um so there Welcome was a time podcast can i can i get into a sidetrack really quickly yeah Go you, you do your sidetrack first okay. well because i was going to talk about okay really quickly with the history of the game um it changed a lot between second edition and third edition and it added and i think what the best one of my favorite features of the game is the turnover um and it's a turn-based game so we, you know each individual player uh so we refer to our where our players, the people playing the game, we refer to them as coaches, and then the pieces are our players. Um, but when uh, you screw up a move uh, and your player fails an action, it ends your turn. And that's one of the main mechanics of the game. So when you are playing it, you want to make all your easy actions first, all the carefree and risk-free actions, and then you want to make the harder actions that you have a chance of failing at after that because they could theoretically end your turn. And you want to do that all within four minutes, give or take. Yeah. <laughs> like but that was the unique thing that was added in third edition that made the game what it was, because it wasn't as popular back then. And when they added that, it made it faster paced and, and go faster, more fun. Yeah, no, it's a really neat game. I, I truly, truly do enjoy it. Now, you, you know, you said they, this game was made in the 80s. Was this around the time when they were like GW was like experimenting with other games like Necromunda and uh, yeah. Uh, and eventually Blood Bowl ended up just like Necromunda and um, uh, Battlefleet Gothic and a few of the other games that, you know, never quite caught on the same way 40K or Fantasy did. They ended up falling under the specialist games range. And then there was a while where that kind of went away as well. And as far as GW was concerned, I mean, it's still their IP, but they weren't really promoting or doing anything with the game. So then you bring in, well, the NAF. And for those of you who don't know, it stands for uh, Nuffalam Oracle Football. It's an organization based out of the UK, based out of England, and they've basically kept the game alive. So they would track, um, they would run tournaments and track all your stats and see how you did against this coach or see how you did with this team. And for years, uh, the NAF kept Blood Bowl alive. And uh, in my honest opinion, um, so every, I think it's four years, they have a World Cup. And there was a World Cup in Lucca, Italy. And there were, I think, I want to say between 12 and 1400 coaches from all around the world who showed up in Italy to play. Wow. And it was shortly, yeah, it, it's, uh, I mean, you could see it all still out there. The pictures are amazing. Um, there were third party miniature companies uh, that supported the game. Um, 
I'm trying to think of like Hungry Troll, Grebo, um, Impact Miniatures. There, there's a few of them that kept producing miniatures, even though GW wasn't. But I think the tipping point for Blood Bowl to kind of you know come back in the focus as far as GW is concerned was was the World Cup in Luca, Italy. Um, I think GW just turned around and was like, wow, this game is still happening. People are still playing it. And then shortly thereafter, it seemed like within a year or two, uh, Blood Bowl 2016 came out and then the revised version 2020, which is kind of where we're at now. And I think we're like in another renaissance of Blood Bowl where we have everything. It's a good time to get into the game and the play um, if you're playing tabletop because so many more people playing it, um, you know, worldwide, so many more things you could buy from uh, third-party miniatures, like th there's a Kickstarter like every week for a different team or a different, um, you know, uh, uh, accessory for Blood Bowl. It's really a great time to be playing the game. Yeah, and let's, you know, let's be honest, the intro cost uh, for a new player to play this game, probably in the 30 to 40 bucks range, you know? Uh, I was going to say less than a hundred bucks, depending on how far you yeah, want to get into it. Cause a, a team, it could be as cheap as that. You know? Yeah. You could get away with a plastic GW team for like 40 bucks, 42 bucks. I think they retail for, or if you want to go metal from some of the other miniature third-party manufacturers, you get a team for under a hundred bucks, a set of dice. You don't need, you know, somebody has got a pitch. Um, it, it's a really low investment, like Ben said, to get into blood bowl uh, versus some of the other miniature uh, skirmish games. Yeah. So I want to go back to a, something you said earlier. Like this mm -hmm. is a game that was saved by the fans. Like there's not very few of those success stories out there. I think one of the other ones that's truly that's significant mm -hmm. out there is Hero Clicks, which was eventually picked up after the fan, like the the fandom that is you guys saved their game by continuing to play it by hosting all these tournaments. So that's really truly impressive. And the fact that you guys had people coming from all over the world to go to Italy to this game to play. And you said 1400, around 1400. Yeah. People. I want to say it was around 12 to 1400. And then um, another four years later, they had the next world cup in Dornburn, Austria, which was another huge event. I think they had 14, 1500 coaches and they're gearing up for the next. I mean, there's a bidding process. Like if you, you put a group together wherever you're at and you have to uh, bid uh, and, you know, come up with pricing and hotel accommodations and like put together a package to entice people to want to come to your geographical area. And uh, I want to say the next one's coming up in, you know, I, I keep hearing rumblings that it could be in France. Uh, um, so who knows, honestly, but uh, I, I know they're very vocal about wanting to host the next World Cup and uh, considering, you know, another versions come out and even more people. And you were saying before how you got into it through the video game. Yeah. Uh, I don't play video games and, uh, and that's OK. There are a lot of people do. And I am more than fine with people finding the Blood Bowl game like Blood Bowl three. Everybody's salivating, waiting for that to come out. Um, that's going to just bring more people to the tabletop game because they're going to play that and be like, wow, this is cool. There's a there's a board game Blood Bowl that this is based off of and they're going to want to play that. What's what's really fun about this game and, and truly what got me into it. So first off, I love the idea of not only being able to score points, but beat the living snot out of other players <laughs> like and being able to cheat and like getting my team around another player and then fouling I, yep yeah it, it just piling on like i think my first team i picked was lizard men and then the next one was dwarves because you know dwarves are just like it seemed like it's a classic team <laughs> and like the, yeah. the the video like i know you said you're not a gamer guy but let me tell you what it was like these roid rage little dwarves slamming beer steins into the players and it i cried laughing watching it and oh so it's I'm great 
I'm like, oh, come on. The kill animation him, kill is him, kill amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, did, I don't get into the, the, for me, Diablo was the be all end all for video games for me. Fair enough. And then, yeah, uh, Diablo. <laughs> Diablo, good times. Um, um, stay, work all day, stay up all night. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully, Mike, uh, Microsoft does justice with them now that they bought out uh, Activision and Blizzard. Uh, I can kind of get excited behind that. I can actually get a little bit excited about it. Uh, they can't do any worse. That's all I got to say. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but anyways, so it, and another when I got, after I got into the game and I looked at the miniatures, uh, I love the the characters that are developed in these the the it's it's not your normal looking game like when even when you think on fantasy level uh the miniatures look unique they look like the the the, some of the uniforms they look like they're half thought they're like yeah i just rather get out here and fight like the orc players and the troll which has like just a piece of wooden plank on his chest um i really like the lore of this and that's one of the things i wanted to kind of talk to you guys about because they they did a really heck of a good job building this lore behind this you know fantasy football uh even to the point of nuffle which i thought was pretty clever and i thought you guys would enjoy talking about that so can you explain a little bit about who (laughs) nuffle is to the listeners so uh that's a good question so the official lore uh, as it stands, is that a long, long time ago in the Warhammer uh, fantasy universe, uh, there were orcs and dwarves, and they were having a great battle somewhere. And one of the orcs uh, got tired, and the dwarves got tired, and they all needed a break. And so they were uh, they were messing around in the dirt, and they discovered these ruins. And um, a little bit of excavation later, it, they found a giant dome that turned out to be a some sort of uh, ritual theater or something. Um, a couple of, uh, you know, uh, the dwarf elders decided to translate some of the documents they found laying around as roughly as they could and decided instead of finishing the war, they would just uh, try this uh, ritual that was in this temple, uh, the, the, the Temple of Nuffle. And uh, they ended up playing the first games of Blood Bowl. And that was kind of uh, where the uh, where the lore originates. So um, and then from then on, people realized that they could settle their conflicts, not with these big bloody skeptic uh, 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 spectacles, but with, um, you know, battles in these arenas with players. And then the money came in, you know, all the uh, all the advertisers and all the people wanted a piece of it. So that's kind of where um, it's a parody of, um, you know, real world sports where, you know, it was a thing it was created then money got involved but um i don't know i think that's where uh and, and i, I, I think, love it it's it's a homage to nfl yes which is, yes it's great <laughs> um but uh yeah it's awesome it's so nuffle is the deity in which uh these temples uh these great stadiums are erected to uh celebrate the uh, great deity and worship them by playing nuffle's favorite game the uh blood bowl <laughs> He's also the best scapegoat. Why did you lose your match? Nuffle. Nuffle. Why did your dice roll bad? Nuffle. (laughs) (laughs) Nuffle controls all the the, 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 uh, the chaos, the factors. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think pretty much every game has the, the ideology of there is dice gods. And I think blood bowl is the only one that has a, has a name for their, their God. So uh, I, I I enjoy that. I, I like that little lore and you, it's come up with some creative, unique characters. Uh, you guys have, uh, not only do you have your players and can they go, they go from rookie to, you know, 
pro players, but you have your star players, which you spend stupid amount of money or gold and in-game gold to buy these. And they come up with these very unique, very uh, just whimsy characters. Uh, some of them with chainsaws, some of them with like steamrollers. Uh, I, I enjoy that. Um, a lot of creativity behind the uh, star is. players. Like, yep. uh, do, have you guys ever had any unique experiences with these creative characters? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to add to, uh, well, okay. So yeah, yeah. here's the thing that's so unique about Blood Bowl. And I, and I love this about Blood Bowl because I'm, um, I'm not a miniatures guy at heart. I grew up playing uh, MTG, loved okay. MTG. It got a little competitive for me and it got a little expensive for me. Um, and eventually I tried some different things and branched out a little bit. Um, but there's no other game that you go to a tournament and there's actually rules that incorporate um special star players so like we have one guy who's really into um all the 80s uh serial killer movies and like slasher films and he does tournaments based on those so maybe you'll get freddie or jason or something as a star player <laughs> um you know we have other guys who are into other things and they incorporate one i guess somebody did one recently you get a shark or we played one recently you get a um rabid squirrel everyone has a rabid squirrel that you play with on your team um so it's just so cool because those are, you know, those are the tournaments. They're not these serious things where everybody sits down and are trying to, um, you know, beat everyone else. It's a, a, com a community story that we're building. You know, uh, we're all using these rules to kind of play. Um, and it's a shared experience in that sense. Um, beer and pretzels. Beer and pretzels. Yeah. Emphasis I, I on beer. Pretzels. But I don't know any <laughs> other game that's like that. You know, I don't know any other miniatures game or anything like that where you go to an event and it's, you know, the, no. the variation has so much variation to it. The 40K so. community, I'm not picking on 40K. Like a, lot of, <laughs> a, lot of our, a lot of our guys play 40K who play Blood Bowl, but, you know, those communities, they're, they're in it to win it, man. Like it is, they're hardcore. I, so I used to play, I, I went to, uh, I, I used to go when I lived up in the Midwest, I went to Adepticon. And I like I enjoyed go. going to Depticon. Oh, it's totally, yeah. you totally got to do have, it. You got to Blood Bowl. I know you got to do the VIP package. You totally got to do that. You 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 get your money's worth. But I digress. Um, <clears throat> when I look, I'm going to tell you a story after you finish this. Done. Um, I, I'm not an overly competitive person. Like I love. He, here's the thing I like about Blood Bowl. Even though you are competitive, no matter what, like there is skill. There's no doubt. There's skill involved. But dice gods be damned. Like it, it's, and you know, you are, it is what it is, but it's, it's also shorter games too. Like the game yeah. length is stupidly short comparatively to like 40K. Um, should that be, was another. Should be between two and three hours. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've seen some, some matches that have, you know, gone on for a lot longer than they should have. And that's, that's definitely not the norm. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I once had two friends who started a match on Saturday, drank a lot of beer, got halfway through it, passed out, <laughs> picked up the match the next day and had beer for breakfast. I mean, that, that's epic, but that can't be every week. Well, so. and that's kind of the nice thing, too, is Blood Bowl's got these very... And, uh, you know, we got sevens and street bowl, which are probably more like 45 minute to an hour matches. Oh, yeah, that's a good um, thing to touch on. Yeah. yeah, you know, so if you aren't, and that's how I got into the game, actually. So um, my history of it is um, I discovered it right before the, the video game had come out, it, the first one, Blood Bowl uh, 1. And uh, I was like, I did a little research, and I was like, well, this is awesome. And all the rules and stuff were online for free. So me and a buddy 
picked it up and it was probably like 2009 2010 when i still had a lot of time and we started playing and we were like well you know miniatures are expensive we had a bunch of old mage knight figures we were playing with um and we're like well, let's just play this other variant that we found which was sevens and uh we you know it's instead of playing with the full 11s team you play with seven players and still playing uh 16 turns you only play 12 turns it's just a little bit of a faster paced game but you don't really lose a whole lot of um the feeling behind it and uh we discovered that that was really fun and i you know that was one of the big things that florida uh does is a lot of sevens tournaments and a lot of street bowl tournaments which is kind of like um very similar to sevens but the, the players are all playing in like an alley somewhere uh and sometimes uh, people are coming in and out of the buildings and stuff so it's kind of interesting but then uh, you know if you really want that long experience then you have something like dungeon bowl where you sit down you build your dungeon and maybe you settle in for a few hours and you have a <laughs> you know it, it lasts a little bit of time depending on how long you want to play you know you just have so six chests and you got to find the ball so <laughs> it, it'll keep going so not only are you battling your opponent with throwing blocks but you got to find the ball and if you open the wrong chest it goes boom you find the ball finally. Now you got to get to an end zone, which could be all the way several dungeon rooms down down the way. A game could go anywhere from an hour to two to three hours, depending on how slow or how fast the opponents are and how lucky you are. But yeah, Dungeon Bowl is great. So, so just so our listeners know, Dungeon Bowl is a sub game. It is a, a spinoff game, if you will. And I, I know you said sevens. Is that the, the equivalent of Blitz Bowl or is no, Blitz no. Bowl its own beast as well? Blitz Bowl is totally its own beast. Okay. Uh, sevens is just a... So back when it was under specialist games range, they, they wanted to play Blood Bowl on their lunch hour. Mm -hmm. So they came up with a shortened version of the game where you have... It's a smaller pitch. You have mm -hmm. less players instead of the standard 11. You have seven and mm -hmm. there's less turns. So you could literally get a game in under an hour. That's awesome. I like yep. that. A lot of fun. And generally, I mean, <clears throat> there's either no rerolls or rerolls cost twice as much. So if you want to get good at playing Blood Bowl uh, and not relying on rerolls, sevens is a good way to start. But uh, there's a lot of variants, and Florida Blood Bowl runs through all of them. We like um, variety. So over the course of a year, which we tend to do two tournaments a month. And we probably play every version. There's another one called Death Bowl, where it's a, a massive size pitch, and it's uh, four teams on the pitch at the same time. And you could do 1v1, v1, v1. Uh, or we did teams before, where it's two versus two. Um, there's Beach Bowl. We, we tried that once. It's like, yeah, we tried it. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of variety in Blood Bowl, and, and we want to sample it all. You guys in Florida, you guys are kind of... I, I... Not to boost your ego here, but you're kind of like the beating heart of the American uh blood bowl community i feel like uh you guys tend to be very passionate and do a lot of stuff <laughs> we're in vocal the community <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we put ourselves out there there's a lot of great communities um uh like i mentioned earlier the uh portland oregon uh our, our good buddy weave out there jason weaver um he's got a great community out there um uh brian too he's one of the top blood bowl coaches in the u.s he's got a a great seen out there with his tournaments that he runs uh, mark perry out in vegas um scott and steve who do the both down podcast out in oklahoma that that was what i wanted to mention to you before when we were yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. um adepticon uh, adepticon <laughs> is um we do a lot of tournaments in florida which is great and mm -hmm. florida is a pretty decent sized state we have jacksonville we have miami orlando tampa uh, and we we play all over florida all different game stores but one of the cool things that we do and a lot of other Blood Bowl uh, groups do is the road trip. So 
right before COVID happened, um, we were planning it, you know, COVID wasn't even on our radar yet. We rented an RV and eight or nine of us drove from Orlando all the way to Oklahoma to play in a two day blood bowl tournament out there, Oklahoma and Spiky Cup. It was, it was the best. It was a, 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 it was just an awesome road trip with great friends. Um, and we played two days of blood bowl out there. Um, you know, hanging out at night I, I played was, some of the worst games of my life that that weekend but yeah but you still had fun it was, a, it was fun <laughs> nuffle wasn't on your side that's what you're telling me here, right <laughs> <laughs> oh so i need to get a blood bowl community major league going out here in connecticut because that's where i live now and definitely get you guys up here and you know I, i'll show you how it's really done in in the you know the great northeast of so <laughs> one of the features that we offer one of the features that we offer is florida blood bowl is yeah. uh, if you're organizing a trip down to Florida mm-hmm. uh, and you're really passionate about meeting us and you really want to get a game in, Absolutely. we'll set a tournament up just to uh, accommodate that. Um, you know, we've done that for a few of our people that are out of state people. Uh, they come down for vacation and they want to have, uh, we say, hey, you're coming anyway. Why don't you make one day to play a tournament with us? We'll set one up. We can usually, even at the drop of that, <clears throat> excuse me, at the drop of a hat, maybe with a two or three weeks notice, we can get about 20 people together really easily to, uh, to do something like that. See, <laughs> see, I'm trying to plan a trip to Disney right now. I'm trying to convince my wife that we can, <laughs> we can do it. So now I'm like, Ooh, can we go to Disney? And can I go play blood bowl? Because that sounds even more fun now. <laughs> Any um, excuse to play blood bowl. And we'll, we'll do it. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. That's what, uh, you know, that's what keeps me here in this, in this game, in this community. Uh, we have just, and not to say, you know, Florida is any, Florida is special, I think, in a way. Um, we have people that you, you know, my wife plays with us. Um, I know a couple other people whose wives and daughters play with them. Um, you know, so it's very welcoming to uh, women, which I think, you know, can sometimes be a hard thing when it comes to some of these games. Um, you know, just a really good organization, like you can see with, uh, you know, uh, James' insistence on uh, supporting different charities. And I know he won't mention it, so I am going to. Uh, we had, uh, they had a baby shower for me and my wife. We had our first son back in August and they actually hosted a baby shower, uh, got one of our, uh, we have a really great painter in our community, uh, Josh Wojcik. He paints, uh, really great stuff. He painted a team up and put it up for auction, uh, or not auction, uh, raffle and all the proceeds they ended up donating to us to help with, uh, baby expenses. And it was just so sweet. And uh, I just can't imagine any other gaming community that would do something like that. You know, it's just, and not, you know, out of nowhere, we didn't ask for it. We didn't necessarily uh, want it necessarily, but it was so cool of everybody to get together on our behalf and just kind of celebrate something we were really happy about. That's awesome. You know what, James, you sound like you're a pretty swell guy over there. (laughs) (laughs) Boosting your ego over there. That's awesome. No, that, that true, honestly, that truly, truly is uh, amazing. Um, and it it definitely sounds like the Blood Bowl community is a very tight knit, uh, even welcoming. Uh, I want to talk about the NAF, but before I do that, I want to ask you, what's the best way for somebody other than hearing this podcast to get into Blood Bowl? What would be your recommendations? Uh, my personal opinion at, at this point in time, uh, with social media being what it is, I think the Blood Bowl community, the BBC group on Facebook is probably your best bet. Uh, I mean, it's, there's members, God, what are we up to like 15,000 people, I think in that group, something like that, 14,000. Mm-hmm. And it's all over the world. And it's every opinion you can imagine. And just everything you could possibly want to know or learn about the game is there. 
Um, is there is there bias about certain teams? Like, hey, this team's the best team. <laughs> There's bias about everything. There's uh, so like it I said, is. I've been an admin on there for the past couple of years, and uh, you know, every day or every week, there's um, uh, some divisiveness about this, that, or the other thing. And you know, as long as everybody's an adult and everybody could share their opinion without you know tearing somebody else's down, it's all good. But yeah, that you get a lot of. Um, you just sort through it and, and you pick, you know, the good stuff, what's going to help you. But yeah, if you want to throw any question out there, like, Hey, I'm thinking about playing vampires. What's the best build to, for a starting vampire team or for this tournament. And, and you'll get a, you know, 20 to 50 answers within an hour That's and awesome. you can, and it's, yeah. And it, it's all, you know, obviously real time you reply and somebody usually replies back and it goes on all day. And as long as nobody says any potty words or everybody, you know, is adult about it, everything's good. Um, yeah, I, it, that's my opinion. I don't no, yeah. may, may have a different uh, my, solution. My there. advice too is uh, grow it yourself too. You know, I think um, I hate to say like I did that. Uh, you know, I ended up getting a couple of my local guys I played D and D with, Magic with, and I got them. Uh, I beat Blood Bowl into them until they finally played with me, <laughs> and now they love it. So uh, <laughs> if you have to do that, you know, build it yourself a little bit and uh and try to build that community and i think that's the thing too that a lot of people are afraid to maybe step out of their comfort zone and build a community when there's so many out there that exist but if there is a game it doesn't have to be blood bowl but uh that you're passionate about and you want to kind of um you know make it more popular you just have to put it out there there'll be people out there that have been secretly loving that thing that'll come out of the woodwork to uh to join <laughs> and definitely i think the best places and i i say this all the time for pretty much any game is you know delving into your you know friendly local gaming store uh granted yes the pandemic is quite a thing still um but you know collaborating however the best you can even in these difficult times is is always a, a necessity there's um, power in that and and most of the flgs they will support you um, you know, we're very fortunate here in Florida. We have a lot of game stores and uh, mine, Brevard Game Lounge in Rockledge, Florida. The owner, his name is Don, and um, he's super supportive with anything we want to do. Uh, tournaments, you know, hey, we want to try Dungeon Bowl. Let's do it. Hey, I want to try Blitz Bowl. Let's let's do it. Um, you know, and they, they have their own store copies. So if you are want to try Blood Bowl and you don't want to invest uh, any money into it whatsoever, most of the time the FLGS will have a copy or are willing to, because if you grow that community there, you're only helping them. Exactly. Um, teams like you were talking, somebody mentioned mage and I before uh, I've seen so many different proxied blood bowl teams with done with um, mage Knight figures or hero, or hero clicks. Um, then there's my personal disfavorite uh, meeples. Uh, I'm a big hater of meeples. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say My Little Ponies because I have nope. seen a My Little Pony team. But yeah, we had one guy do a... that, along with all the glitter that ended up all yep. over, the, <laughs> over the venue. There was a Kickstarter. I can't remember which uh, third-party miniature company it was, but they did. I think it might have been RNS Studio. They did My Little Pony Blood Bowl team, and they, it was popular. It sold really well. <laughs> Part of it is the creativity that you can use whatever miniatures you want, really. Um, you don't have to paint them very nicely uh, if you don't you have to like paint them at all. We have some people that take it very seriously. I'm kind of one of those. I like to paint. I like to do my, uh, you know, miniatures up. But, man, I'll play against anybody. I'll play against chess pieces or, you know, whatever you got. <laughs> There's two sides to the hobby. You have the hobby side where you like building the teams. You like customizing and doing modifications. You like painting them. You like 
taking that as far as you can. Then you have the other side of the community who's like, you know, I ain't into that. I'll pay somebody to paint my team. Like we mentioned, Josh Wojcik, uh, he's a, a terrific painter um, and he does a lot of stuff for our community, for people. And uh, I can't tell you how many people will just be like, here you go. Here, just charge me whatever you're going to charge me. P paint my star player, paint my team, paint. And they just want to play. Yeah. They don't want to get into the hobby side and that's fine. Um, well, this is a, a unique game. To, sorry, not to cut you off, but okay. this is a unique game too because not only do you have your regular game you have a video game you have books and you have a comic about yeah. like about blood bowl i can't think of any comic about uh regular football like that other than maybe archie but you know that's a different beast in itself but you guys it, it is a very versatile hobby for a a specialty board game even uh which is very cool to to see um so let, let's go into you mentioned this before the naf uh way back in the beginning of this I, and you know i kind of want to talk about that uh because this is was what saved and you know it's what kind life. of kept it nourished kept it going yeah. you know where other games may have uh faded away fallen by the wayside been forgotten about um the the naf kept blood bowl going uh, through the organization of tournaments, um, there was uh, so when Games Workshop wasn't really publishing any new rule updates, there was a living rule book that was free to download a PDF. There was actually a rules committee. Uh, Tom Anders was on that committee of Impact Miniatures, uh, uh, a most amazing person you'll ever meet in the Blood Bowl community. Uh, always willing to help out anybody with their with whatever. Um, but there were free rules that were published. Um, like I said, all the statistics and everything was kept up with um, managing to finding tournaments. I mean, before social media, you had the uh, NAF uh, forum and the Talk Fantasy Football forum, where if you wanted to find out or start something, that's where you would go to be like. Hey, Connecticut, I'm looking to start a Blood Bowl League or hey, Connecticut, I'm looking to start a Blood Bowl tournament. And then that's how people would find you through the NAF or through this uh, through the forum. Um, there really wasn't a lot back then. So, yeah, the NAF was instrumental in just, you know, keeping Blood Bowl going. And uh, it, it's it's such a small thing, too. And, and still to this day, I'll find we'll find pockets of Blood Bowl players Um they don't even know what the NAF is. They, they just, they played the game. They kind of are in their own little bubble and they're, they're not really, they don't know, like there's a world cup every four years. They don't know about the NAF. They don't know about, about a lot of the stuff and that's fine. I mean, they're playing the game. They love the game, but there's just so much more out there. And for the NAF, it's, it's costs. Like uh, if you join the NAF at a tournament, it's five bucks. If you do it online at their website, it's 10 bucks. You get a gift, you get a set of uh, NAF dice um, and a token. Yeah. So, I, I've got one. It's yeah. absolutely awesome. So for five or 10 bucks, you know, you get to be a part of that community and, you know, take it as far as we have some of our Florida Blood Bowl guys who are, are uh, we call them uh, sweaty tryhards. They're the guys who know their statistics down to the T. Like I played you and I know I, I played you eight times and, you know, I, I, I'm like, wow, okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but the NAF holds all those statistics for all the variants that you've ever played, for all the tournaments, all the teams you've ever played, uh, going back years and years and years. So, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's very, it's amazing. I love it. And I love telling people about it and I love getting them into it. It's, it's part of what I do. I love the fact uh, there's so much about this game. I love, and I, I know we keep jumping all over uh, with this, but it's, there's so much to discuss about this game. And it's just, <laughs> it's a small little game. It really is in, in theory on paper. It's you have a team, you play against another team 
and you can there's so, that's that's it it's 1v1 or in in the most layman's terms and but there's so much intricacy that goes into this game where it's on a player level to where they you know progress how good skills how you as a coach go how you as a you know getting sponsors owning your own football state or blood bowl stadium uh, there's so much that can go into it you can get it's, it can be a, a, a dangerous rabbit hole you could you could <laughs> just like anything else i mean it could be basic um i put together a team that's worth one million gold crowns and i play against you and that's the end of it and we have a good chuckle yeah or you could take it to the next level like all right let's get a commissioner let's run a league let's get you know six, eight, 10, 12 guys together. And let's put together weekly schedules. And like, I, I look at um, one of our, our local leagues here, the Jacksonville, the Northeast Florida blood bowl league. That's the Jacksonville St. Augustine area. They've been playing for probably 15 years. And those guys, man, when I look at the stuff that they put together, it's great, but it is in depth and they are, they are, they are in it to win it. I mean, there is like, um, you know, they got their rules and they got their, this is how we're going to do it. And uh, you can get that intense or there's people who just prefer to show up and play a tournament. They could put a Saturday aside, you know, in a month or two from now, show up, play three or four rounds of blood bowl on that Saturday and don't play again until the next tournament. So it really comes down to how much time do you have? How much do you want to invest? Do you want to go down that rabbit hole? Um, one of the things that I'm, I'm going to throw in a shameless plug yeah, here, go uh, ahead. It's, and it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> one of the, the cool things that came out recently, there's a, um, a website called tour play. And it's, uh, it's international. I want to say it's out of Spain or somewhere. And they built a league tracker that is so good for managing teams and managing skills and managing costs and man managing uh, schedules. Uh, and it's catching on. Like I've been promoting it ever since we started using it. And I think we started using it kind of right out of the gate. And it's just every day, like when you log into Torplay, it'll say there's a new update. There's a new update. There's an, so that tells me that every day they are working on making this better and better and better. Wow. So when you use it, there's a little bit of a fee associated with it. But I'm talking like by the time you convert um, American dollars over into euro or, or British pounds or, or, you know, shekels or whatever it is, it's dirt cheap. It's like uh, 30 cents per player per month, something like that. So if you run a league and the league runs for three months, it's like, excuse me, like $15 a month, which is next to nothing. Yeah. Um, definitely one of the best tools that I've seen come out in a while. And there, there's, there's always something around the corner. Absolutely. Uh, what kind of futures do you think are future endeavors or things that you think is going to happen with blood bowl? Uh, I know we got blood bowl 22 or uh, blood bowl three coming out video game wise. Uh, where do you see the future of blood bowl going? Ben, you want to comment before I, <laughs> yeah, no, you uh, no, I think, um, I think the community is going to grow. I think that the um, I'm not the biggest GW fanboy in the world. Uh, you know, I have some harsh criticisms of some of the things they're doing, but um, I do like that they're releasing cheap, easy to access rules and cheap and easy to access miniatures. I think that's going to benefit the game overall. Um, I like the miniatures sometimes too. I got to admit, but um, there, uh, I think that's where it's going to go. I think it is going to grow a little bit. I think we're going to see. You know, I think it's going to end up with, you know, an ebb and flow. I think it's going to be, for some people, it's going to be their main game. I think some people, it's going to be their backup game when they're not playing a big game. And either way, it doesn't really matter. As long as the um, community stays positive, stays accepting, stays welcoming new people, I think we're going to be okay. I like that. 
Uh, James, did you want to add anything else to that? Uh, I, I think it's just going to keep growing. I mean, GW is is riding high on the wave of you know the latest Blood Bowl, and there's you know new releases, new teams, new miniatures, uh, stuff coming out almost monthly. Then you have all the third party miniature manufacturers who, you know, um, there are some people out there who really embrace GW, and there are other ones who who do not. And uh, the thing I'll say is that the, a lot of the third party manufacturers, are, I mean, wow, the creativity, the um, the design, like there, and it's basically anything. It's like a kid in a candy store. There's like, like, if you don't like, you know, GW's version of a human team, then there's three other ones you could choose from. If you don't like the classic nineties chaos dwarves that GW has manufactured and hasn't updated that team in, you know, what, 30 <laughs> years, guess what? There's uh, five different variants now of a chaos dwarf team and you can get them in metal. You can get them in resin. You could pay, you know, $40 for them. You could pay $120 for them. Like it, it literally just feels like I said before, we're in a, another renaissance of Blood Bowl and I, and I hope it doesn't um, go away anytime soon. It just keeps, uh, you know, I see it. We get more and more new players into the game, whether it's because they come into it through the video game, which I'm excited for. I don't play it, but I know that that means more people are going to get into it and eventually that will lead them like a trail of breadcrumbs to the board game. Um, anything, you know, that that everybody's doing just to kind of keep people playing and everybody wants to keep seeing the game grow. And that's been Florida's biggest thing is grow the game. You know, we, we invite people down here, you know, we encourage people to join. We, we do one of our guys, his name's Eric Nyberger, uh, formerly of the Gaines Vegas blood bowl league. And he's since moved to Orlando. Um, you know, this guy, uh, he goes out of his way after he plays in a tournament to reach out to the three or four guys that he played that day. And, you know, basically like strike up a friendship with them and be like, Hey man, you know, it was great playing blood bowl with you. You know, how did you get into the game? You know, Hey, this is our next tournament. You know, what do you like about it? You know, did you have fun doing those type of things, you know, makes it a community and it's not just a, you know, you showed up, you played a game, you went home and that was the end of it. So the more people that do that, and I see it everywhere. I see it everywhere. There's very little, um, you know, whether it be people or groups that are, are kind of like negative about it. I think for the most part, I would say like 95% of the Blood Bowl community, they are all like-minded where we want to get people into the game. We want to grow. We want to see where it goes. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I'll also add this and kind of piggybacking off of what you said is we live in the golden age of nerd culture right now. Like True. this is a time and age where anything and everything can happen because case in point, we were literally just talking about book of Boba 10, 20 years ago. There's no way that Boba Fett fandom would have happened whatsoever. No, uh, they tried. There were, yeah. there were rumors of a live action star Wars show for years and it never yeah. materialized. So knowing that we have that and the way in nerd culture is a rabbit hole in itself, because once you get into one fandom, it'll trickle you into <laughs> so yeah. many other ones. It's it's just an inevitability. And then you end up with a basement like mine that has everything from Aliens to Warhammer 40K to Dungeons and Dragons to Hero Quest. Um, so it, it's, it's seeing stuff like this happen and being able to, and, and again, I found this by sheer accident of a video game and it sucked me into it, uh, is, is fun and... I'm excited to see what happens and where it transgresses me after that. Uh, so I think this is a perfect spot to wrap it up. Uh, gentlemen, did you have any final thoughts? Um, actually, before that, where can people find you and 
to uh, to to locate and find games as well as you know communicate with you guys. Florida Blood Bowl on the Facebook group. So uh, we have a website, FloridaBloodBowl.com. Um, I actually Ben started a uh, a zine, which is uh, we'll have to send you a copy. Yeah, um, definitely. Ben, tell tell them about the zine. Yeah, plug, yeah shameless I'm plug. I'm to go back to basics because I know everything's become kind of social media based, and I love social media, but. Um, you know, sometimes I just want to go back to basics and go back to those 90s roots we have in our game. Uh, so we ended up publishing a really small zine this month. We're going to try to do it quarterly. We're always collecting content. We got uh, comics and different things that people have submitted. Um, we're really hoping to make it just something that sits on the shelf. It's going to be free. Uh, but hopefully, you know, a person comes into their their local game store and buys a box of Blood Bowl miniatures, and says, this is cool. I'm going to build these at home. And then somebody says, you know, here's a zine that shows you where the tournaments are, where, you know, some or articles about stuff. Yeah. Or the leads. yeah. So we're hoping to, you know, use something a little bit more um, analog to try to find uh, some more of our players that don't necessarily go in the same circles on social media. That's awesome. <laughs> What's it called? What's it called? I think we just call it the Florida Blood Bowl quarterly zine. <laughs> <laughs> we keep it pretty basic. It's uh, it's print only, so uh, we're going to be pretty strict about that. We don't uh, try to keep the um, the quaintness of a printed uh, printed material. So, so we're going to call it Fabucal, going off of the Nuffle initials. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you can call it whatever you want as long as you read it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, that's awesome. Um, so. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. I uh, truly do appreciate it. Uh, I love talking nerdy hobbies and getting into stuff about it and being able to talk to some gurus like yourselves about Blood Bowl is greatly appreciated. And I know my listeners definitely appreciate it. And we'll definitely give you guys as many shout outs as we possibly can. Ben, I would absolutely love promoting your guys magazine because you know what? I'm all about helping out. Um, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Apple, please remember to rate and review. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like and follow us at DNA Pod and on Twitter at NerdDNA Pod and on our webpage, nerddnapod.com. Uh, again, gentlemen, uh, thank you so much, James, Ben. Uh, it has been wonderful to have you on the show. Uh, and as always, thank you and good night. Bye.